I've heard it's a great word. Uh, that's from somebody on the inside. So, Sally, would you like to... You want this? You come round, okay. Jabawi. Good morning, everybody. Wow, it's very bright here. Can you see me? That's really good because I cannot see you at all. (laughs) So if you sneak out while I'm speaking, I'll just keep going. We'll be okay. (laughs) All right. Just before I forget, because I will forget if I don't see this now, Clive and I are going to be away for a couple of weeks from this Wednesday. So if you have some great need to speak to us, please do so this morning because we won't be here next Sunday. We are going to America. Um, you can woo a little bit, yeah. You can say a little woo, that's okay. We're, um, we are planning to fly to Miami on Wednesday and we are going to be uh, doing a weekend conference, if you like, with the Miami leadership team in the church there that we're connected with, and it's to do with life languages. So that's very exciting. If you've not heard about that, it's like a communication, how we relate to each other. Very, very useful, useful tool. And then we're flying on to Bogota in Colombia and doing the same thing there with Pastor Cesar's 12 and their 144 and their team. So that's really going to be very exciting for us. Having said that, the east coast of America is currently being bombarded with um, a hurricane and they're predicting there won't be any flights possibly. So do pray because we would love to get there. And I get to see Richard and Manuela again too. That's my son and his new wife. So that's going to be good. So remember us um, when we're away, please. And I know that um, it's going to be a great time for us and you're going to have a great time back here too. Amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was standing up here speaking to you, and really I was telling you a little bit about a personal journey that I'd been on over the last few months and uh, some things that God had been doing in my life, and you were kind of joining in a little bit, if you like, and I was speaking about God wanting us to get our edge back. Do you remember that? From the passage uh, where Elisha Um, rescues his disciple whose axe head has flown into the river and then the axe head supernaturally floated back to the top of the water and got put back on the axe again and I was just sharing really how I felt God challenged me to get my edge back and this morning is a little bit of a continuation of that if you like and as a result of Uh, reading that passage, I began to read some of the Gospels um, again at at length and felt really particularly spoken to by Matthew chapter 6. And last week, Clive shared with you something from that passage and he shared uh, about how Jesus says, when you give, this is how to do it. Well, in that passage, Jesus says three things. He says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. And he gives us some instructions how to do those things, how to live our lives doing those things. And when I read it, it just struck me, this is, there's no obligation on us to do those things, but Jesus is, is expecting that we will be doing them if we're his disciples. So um, if you want to be a disciple this morning, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, Here are some ways to do that that will be a blessing to you. And so Clive, as I say, spoke last week on when you give. And this morning I'm going to speak 
Well, I've never spoken on this before, and I feel a little bit nervous because it's probably, if I had to say which of these three do I find most challenging, it's going to be this one that I'm speaking about this morning is the truth of it. I mean, they're all challenging in different ways, aren't they? Sometimes it's challenging to pray, and sometimes it's challenging to give, and sometimes it's challenging to fast. But if I had to say which is the hardest, for me, it's probably fasting. Anybody there with me? I bet there are some of you who are streets ahead of me in this area who are doing really well. But I'm speaking to myself this morning, and if you want to join in, you're really, really welcome. So here is what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. It says this, When you fast, don't look somber, sour, or dreary, or put on a gloomy face, as the hypocrites do, For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Put your makeup on so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Would you like that in the message? I like it in the message. It says this, when you practice some appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. (laughs) Some of us are more prone to that than others. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you're doing. He'll reward you. Amen. Lord, I pray you'll speak to our hearts today. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit will come and minister to every one of us. Lord, we want to be open to what you have to say to us. And if that means a response or some changes, Lord, we want to make those because we want to be your disciples. We want to get back our edge. We want to do those things, Lord, that uh, you expected that we would be doing as part of our following you. So help us today, I pray. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Come and help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus expects these things of his disciples. And you'll remember in Matthew 9.15, someone asked Jesus about fasting. One of the Pharisees was saying, why don't your disciples seem to be fasting right now? And Jesus said, well, will the friends of the bridegroom mourn when the bridegroom's with them? But when the bridegroom goes, then they'll fast. And so again, he was expecting that when he went up into heaven, his followers, his disciples would fast. So if you want to be a disciple you'll be fasting. Now, what is fasting? That seems a really um, obvious question, but I thought I'd better ask it. What is fasting? Well, here is a definition for you. It is practicing, in according to the message, some appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God. Or you could say abstaining or going without food for spiritual purposes. Is that fair enough? Going without food for spiritual purposes? Well, what about abstaining from other things? What about other things we can go without? Going without TV, going without your Xbox, going without Facebook. (laughs) Ah, I'm not on it. I'm all right. I'll go without that. 
um, not reading novels, not reading newspapers, whatever it is. Are those things fasting? Do you think? I think they're all form of fasting. They're certainly going without something. And, but I think true fasting involves food. And I wish I didn't have to think that. <laughs> I wish I could just think true fasting was some of those other things that I might find easier to go without. But I think they're things that we go without that help us to fast. They help us to focus on God. But true fasting involves food and going without it. In other words, some denial is involved. You have to choose to go without food in some shape or form. Someone once said, we fast to prove that our spirit rules over our body. It's not our stomach that rules our life. Our spirit that's been made alive in Jesus rules over our body. So um, choosing to go out without food in some shape or form, well, you notice that. If you've ever tried it, you will know you notice that you've gone without food. There's this little rumble goes on in your tummy, and suddenly all you can think about is food and what you're not eating. But here's the thing. God notices as well. Did you know that? God notices as well. It says in this passage, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. God sees everything that we do, even the secret things that we think nobody else sees, God sees. That's one way of keeping us holy, isn't it? (laughs) Remembering that God sees everything we do, but he sees when we fast, and he wants to reward us. Now, notice when I gave you a definition there, I said fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Now, if you just go without food not for spiritual purposes, that is called a diet, I'm not very good at those either. (laughs) Anyway, the point is when we fast, we make extra time to read the Bible, to pray, to worship, to read Christian books, etc. If we go without food for spiritual purposes, God sees and God rewards. Now, I was always kind of brought up, I suppose, I say brought up, since I've sort of been an adult Christian, um, I was always sort of taught that we we really fast to get closer to God, not to twist his arm or to get a result. Has anyone else kind of heard that? You don't fast to twist God's arm. You fast to get closer to God. Well, I think that's only partly right, I've decided now. Um, (laughs) Maybe that would make me fast more. We can't twist God's arm. That is right. We can't twist God's arm, but he does notice when we fast, and he says, He will reward us. Fasting moves God's hand. It doesn't twist his arm. It moves his hand. You won't make him do something he didn't want to do in the first place, but you can release something that he already wants to do. Have you got that? Fasting moves God's hand. It releases something that he already wants to do. And your fasting can release that. What you're doing when you fast, you're positioning yourself and you're preparing your heart for what's to come. And if you're willing to seek him, he is willing to give and meet you. You know how it is when you're, um, you've got something on your mind. Um, say you are thinking of buying a new car or something. I don't know. I don't think about buying new cars very much, to be honest. But I, I'll pick that. When you're thinking about buying a new car... That brand of car seems to be everywhere. 
everywhere you go, you see that brand of car that you're thinking of buying and you notice it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Well, it's really funny, but since I've been feeling stirred up and provoked from this passage, it seems to me that wherever I open the Bible, fasting is everywhere. <laughs> it's like it's suddenly on every page. I can't believe I never saw it before, even in some little places. So I want to just share with you some of the places where Scripture talks about fasting and what it does for us. In Acts 10, we read the story of a man called Cornelius. Now, Cornelius was a guy, he was an Italian soldier. He was a Gentile, that means he wasn't a Jew. Um, He was a family man, he was God-fearing, but he had never heard the gospel because at that point, the gospel had only been preached to the Jews. And it says in uh, verses 1 and 2, he was a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Well, one day he was on his rooftop praying and, it's, and an angel appeared to him. That's a bit out of the ordinary and tells him to send for a man called Peter. And when Peter comes, that was a very significant meeting. And in fact, it was the start of the Gentile church, really. Peter realized that God wanted his message to go way beyond just the Jewish people. Now, would you like an angel to appear to you? I think so. might be a bit scary, but I think so. Well, did the angel randomly appear to Cornelius? No. Um, It tells us in verse 30 to 31, Cornelius says to Peter when he comes, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house and a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms or giving are remembered in the sight of God. So he's fasting and he's been praying and he's been giving and God has seen that and God answers that. God sees when we pray, when we fast, when we give. So there's a connection between doing those things and Cornelius getting his breakthrough. It was a tremendous breakthrough. They got filled with the Spirit. They got saved. They got forgiven. They got baptized in water. And Christianity began to spread out through to the Gentile world. So do you want a breakthrough? Fast and pray. Say to the person next to you, fast and pray. You will have heard of a guy called Daniel in the scripture as well. And Daniel is a, uh, a, the book telling the story of his life is in the Old Testament. And Daniel was a guy who was taken, a Jewish man, he was taken into captivity with all the other Jews at the time into a place called Babylon. And when he got there, he was selected along with some other young men to be taken into the king's household in this, um, if you like, enemy country, the king wanted to train some of the Jewish men in his ways and in his household. And Daniel was selected. And when he got there, the king um, put on all sorts of choice foods and wines and things like that to, um, if you like, I suppose, feed up these young men that he had selected. And it tells us in chapter one uh, that Daniel resolved he wouldn't defile himself with the royal food and wine and he asked the chief official for permission not to eat and drink what the king had given him and that God 
gave him favour with this official, and the official agreed, even though he was a bit frightened what the, of what the king would say if he didn't give Daniel the food and drink. He said, why should the king see you looking worse than any of the other young men your age? The king would chop my head off if that happened to you. And Daniel said, well, please just test us for 10 days. See what would happen if you give us nothing but vegetables and water for 10 days. And then compare our appearance with the other young men who have eaten the king's food. Now, vegetables, you understand, that, um, it means probably things grown like pulse. It includes pulses and fruit and things like that. It's not just like carrots and cabbage, but it's, it's things that have grown. So it's not things like meat or fish or eggs or dairy or things like that. So the official agrees and let them just eat this diet for 10 days. And it says this in verse 15. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So Daniel has done this partial fast, offered himself to God and said, I'm not going to eat these things that the king's offering. I'm only going to eat these other things. And at the end of the time, he looked better and healthier than any of the others. Now, I'm not saying that if you fast or you do a Daniel fast, you're necessarily going to be free of every illness. But here it says Daniel was healthier than all the other people who were around. So do you want to be healthier? What are you going to say to the person next to you? Fast and pray. And later, when Daniel was almost 90 years old, he had a vision. And it was a very disturbing vision that he didn't quite know what to do about. It was about something that was going to happen in the future. And he was so distressed by it that he fasted and prayed for 21 days. And on this occasion, he said, I ate no choice food or the nice things, um, no meat or wine, and I used no lotions at all. I haven't thought about that bit. That would be tricky until the three weeks were over. So he went on another partial fast for three whole weeks. And do you know what happened at the end of the three weeks? An angel came to him. And the angel said, Don't fear, Daniel, from the very first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God. Your words were heard, and I've come because of them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days before Michael, one of the chief angels, came to help me because I was detained. Now I've come to explain to you. So that's an amazing coincidence. The angel said, from the very first day you fasted and prayed, I was coming, but I, I faced spiritual opposition. I couldn't get through. And yet Daniel's prayers brought about a release in the spiritual realm. He moved God's hand to send that angel to help him. I did have a thought, and I just wondered, you might like to wonder as well, how many things does God want to release in our lives and circumstances that are actually held up, if you like, in heaven by our lack of prayer and fasting? How many times do we miss out on something God would love to release to us because we haven't sought him with prayer and fasting? So, if you want to have greater spiritual insight and see things released in your life, fast and pray. Moses fasted 40 days before he received the Ten Commandments. Anna in the temple was fasting and praying. She had a lifestyle of fasting and praying. before uh, She was desperate to see the coming king, the Messiah, and she saw Jesus brought into the temple as a little baby, and she had that lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Esther, you remember, was facing the total wipeout of the Jewish nation, and uh, she had to plead with the king for her life and the life of her people. And she told Mordecai, go and gather all the Jews and fast for me. 
Don't eat or drink for three days before I go into the king. And if I perish, I perish, because you weren't allowed to go into the king without being asked. And as a result of that, the king showed her favor, and the whole Jewish nation was rescued. And in fact, it says many of the people of the land became Jews as well out of that story. You can read it yourself if you want to. But Esther fasted and prayed and called upon the people who were supporting her to do the same thing for three days before she saw that breakthrough. I don't know if you've heard of a guy called Jehoshaphat. He is in two chronicles. And he was a king who was facing a massive army that outnumbered him in every way. And he just didn't know what to do. He couldn't see a way out. And what did he do in the end? Well, he set himself, it says in uh, verses 2 and 3, he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And if you've read the story, you'll know that they won a tremendous victory without even having to fight. God kind of wiped out the whole um, opposition for them. They didn't even have to go into battle. And I often read things like that, and I hear the bit about seeking the Lord, but I miss the bit about proclaiming a fast. Um, So if you don't know what to do in a situation, you're like Jehoshaphat, and you don't know what to do, fast and pray. Fast and pray. Ezra he was in another difficult situation because the Jewish people were returning to Jerusalem. They'd been 70 years in captivity in Babylon and they were going back and they had all their wealth and possessions and things that they'd been um, able to take from Babylon to reestablish the temple in Jerusalem and they had their families and their children and they were going to be passing through some really dangerous enemy territory on the way back to Jerusalem. But because Ezra had said to the king, our God will look after us, our God is going to look after us. He didn't want to ask the king for a, 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 like an armed guard to pass through this enemy territory because he felt that wouldn't, wouldn't show um, God faithful to them. And so um, he didn't ask for help, but he was kind of really worried about what to do going through this en- enemy territory. And it says this um, here. For I was ashamed to request of the king soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy because we had spoken to the king saying the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. So what did they do? Well it says we fasted and entreated our God for this and he answered our prayer. We humbled ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for our little ones and all our possessions. So maybe you need God's help in knowing the right way to go in your life at this time. Maybe you've got some decisions to make and you don't know which way to go. Well, don't make a big decision without fasting and praying. Don't, don't do something that's going to affect your life re- really big time without fasting and praying and seeking God. Maybe you need help with your finances. Maybe you feel the enemy is robbing you. Maybe you need a job or you're facing redundancy or something. Well, fast and pray and see what God will do. Perhaps you need help with your little ones. Ezra called out to God for the little ones here. Maybe you've got a child who isn't walking with God. Maybe you just want God's protection on your family or you want to call out to God for all the generations that you've got to come ahead of you. Well, Ezra wanted to do those things and it says here we fasted and entreated our God for this. And he answered our prayers. So if you've got a this today, something you want to ask God for, fast and pray. 
fast and pray. How about Elijah? He ran away from Queen Jezebel and uh, he hid in a cave. He was so despairing and distressed and in fear of his life, he ran and hid in a cave. And then an angel came and fed him and he went 40 days and nights without food and journeyed back to Mount Horeb, which is where God met him in an amazing way and turned everything around for him. So do you want to get rid of depression and despair and come out of a cave? Say to the person next to you what you've got to do. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. There's just a couple more people I'd like to tell you about. There's a guy in the Old Testament called Ahab, and he was a real baddie. He was a bad king. He sold himself to wickedness. He was actually married to Jezebel, and she stirred him up. And he did all sorts of terrible things and followed idols and things that he shouldn't have done. And Elijah came and prophesied that God was going to bring calamity upon him because of the way he was living his life. So he was a little bit worried when he heard these words. And he tore his clothes, put sackcloth on, went about mourning. And Elijah came to him and and, uh, said, um, sorry, the the Lord came to Elijah and gave um, him a word for Ahab. And this is what God said to Ahab. See how Ahab has humbled himself before me. Because he's humbled himself and fasted before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity. So Ahab was far from God. He was doing wicked things, yet when he fasted and prayed and humbled himself, God turned to him and was merciful to him. So maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe you've done stuff and you think there's no way back for me. Well, God sees. And if you will fast and pray, God will come and God will meet with you. So do you want to come back to God and know his mercy again? Fast and pray. In the book of Joel, the people were in famine and they were so poor they didn't even have an offering to bring. They were desperately, desperately needy and they called out to God from their hearts in fasting and prayer. And they called a a sacred assembly and a holy fast. And what was God's reply to them? I bet you know this passage really well, actually. He said, I'm going to send you grain, new wine and oil to satisfy you. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow and I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. So if you feel in need, you've not got enough to even make an offering that you would like to make. or You feel the locusts have stolen things from you and eaten things that you should have had. Fast and pray and see what God will do in your lives. Jesus' disciples couldn't cast out an evil spirit one day from a boy. You'll remember the story in Mark chapter 9. And they prayed and they spoke to it and nothing really happened very much. And later on they said to Jesus, why couldn't we do that? Because Jesus came and sorted it all out, of course. And straight away the guy was released. And Jesus said to them, this kind come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, When you're on the spot and having to pray for someone like that, you can't suddenly fast. He meant a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. He meant there are some things like that, long-standing problems and issues that only get fixed by a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. So do you want to break free this morning from long-standing problems, illnesses, addictions, habits, things that you've been struggling with for a long time? Yes, we'll say to the person next to you with a bit more enthusiasm, fast and pray. 
Have you ever noticed that when Paul got knocked off his horse on the Damascus Road and that blinding light appeared to him and God spoke to him and he went three days without his sight, he also went three days without food. I didn't notice that either until I read it recently. He fasted for three days after that experience. And at the end of the three days, along came uh, Ananias, uh, sent by God to pray for him. And he received his sight. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He got up. He got baptized. And immediately, it says, he went and preached Christ in the synagogues. So he received a new purpose and direction at the end of his period of fasting. Do you want God to touch your life and open your eyes? give you new direction yes fast and pray the disciples did it when they had to appoint some new leaders in the church they fasted and prayed because they they had that decision to make and they wanted to make the right one um when we moved up here we were um we had a terrible job trying to buy a house up here um it was difficult for several reasons because we were moving here from 300 miles away i just remember this story because clive spoke about us moving here at, at um, earlier on. Well, we moved from 300 miles away, and it's quite hard to buy a house from 300 miles away because you can't keep coming up and down and looking. You have to come and look at loads and try and find something um, to, to buy. And it was hard as well because everybody in the church at that time had a different opinion about where we should live. <laughs> um, so that was hard as well. And then there weren't many houses around, and so it was getting a bit um, near the summer, and we really needed to move in the summer for the children to move schools at the right time and everything. And so we decided we would fast and really ask God for a bit of a breakthrough in this. And uh, on, on the, the morning after we had fasted, we prayed and we, we said, right, we're just going to go through all the houses that are still on the market that we might be able to buy. And we're going to do something about this today. So we rang up an estate agent for a house that we'd seen that had been on the market for 18 whole months. And uh, no one had been interested in it. And we were at the stage of saying, well, anything will do. As long as it's got enough bedrooms and uh, somewhere to sit and live, it will do. So we rang up this estate agent and we said, is this house still on the market? And the estate agent said, well, yes, it is. So um, we looked at each other and we thought we should just pray again and, and ask God if this is right and what we should offer. So we put the phone down and we prayed again. And this was at the end of having fasted. We prayed again and... and um, an hour later, we rang the estate agent back, and we were going to make him an offer on this house. And it had been sold in an hour since we had been praying. Someone had bought it. And actually, I wouldn't have liked that house at all. It was a it-would-do house, you know? So in an hour, that situation changed. And then we tried to buy a house, and there was something the matter with it that came up at survey. And we, I hadn't even seen that house. Clive chose that one. I hadn't even seen it. So, um, And then that one fell through. And there, every time... Um, we tried to buy a house. These things happened. But I believe that's because we'd fasted and prayed and asked God. And then we were able to uh, get the house that we've got today. And it all happened. And we moved here in the July. And it all came about in the right time. So if you've got a decision to make and you don't know what to do, fast and pray. Jesus fasted and prayed. If, if anyone didn't need to fast, you would think it would be Jesus, wouldn't you? He would be the one person you might think would not need to fast. But right at the start of his ministry, he went into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days and nights before being tempted by the devil, the scripture tells us. So if Jesus needed to fast, how much more than we do we need to? Do you want to be able to resist temptation and overcome the enemy in your life like Jesus was able to? I do. Well, fast and pray. Go on, go on, say to the person next to you. You're going to remember this, aren't you? Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Have I convinced you yet? 
I hope so. <laughs> Fasting helps you concentrate on what really matters. And um, I, I wish there was other, th- you know, I wish we didn't have to fast because I don't like my tummy rumbling and I don't like going without food. I love to cook and I quite like to eat as well. But I know that God is challenging me about this. And if he's challenging you today as well, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to join me really. But fasting helps you concentrate on what really matters. And if you want your axe head back, fasting is a really important way of showing God that you mean it. Um, I'm going to say some practical things in a moment, but this is what John Piper said about fasting. He's a a pastor in North America somewhere, and he said this. um, If you're not fasting, perhaps it's because you don't feel any fervent longings for God's power in your life. In other words, if you're not fasting, you're pretty content with the way things are going in your fruitfulness for God and the way his glory is manifested through you. This contentment with present experience This lack of strong longing for more of God and more spiritual power and more breakthrough for his glory is one reason why God withholds his greatest blessings. The absence of fasting, listen to this last sentence, the absence of fasting probably means the absence of deep longings for God's power. And the absence of deep longing is one reason he waits. So if you want God to stop waiting and come to your life, deeply long for him and show it by fasting. Let me say a little bit about how to fast. First of all, I could tell you how not to fast. We've already looked at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 about not putting on an outward show and not um, sort of looking all gloomy and doomy and kind of weeping and wailing because you're fasting and you can read Isaiah 58 sometime if you like as well because he uh, Isaiah gives us some reasons there why we don't sometimes get heard when we fast and uh, in the beginning of that chapter the people are crying out well why have we fasted and you haven't seen it why have we humbled ourselves and you haven't noticed and uh, Isaiah says on the day of your fasting you do as you please you exploit your workers you quarrel and strife you can't fast like that and expect that God is going to hear you. Is this a day a fast I've chosen only for people to kind of put on an outward appearance of fasting? Is that acceptable to God? And then he goes on to tell you the kind of fast that is acceptable to God. And you can read that for yourself. But if you want to break through, what are you going to do? Do you want to be healthier? Fast and pray. Do you want to have greater spiritual insight and see things released in your life? Do you want to see the king coming? If you don't know what to do in a situation. Do you want God to answer about your this? Do you want to get rid of despair and depression in your life? Do you want to come back to God and know his mercy again? Are you in need? Do you want to break three from long-standing problems? Do you want God to touch your life and open your eyes? Do you have a decision to make? Do you want to resist temptation and overcome the enemy? Is there anybody else that hasn't got any of those problems? (laughs) Because you're allowed to eat. (laughs) 
Okay, listen, if you would like to do something about this and you think, wow, maybe God is speaking to me again. You know, I, I began to think, I thought, I have got these way out of proportion in my life. If I added up those three things that Jesus says about giving, about praying, about fasting, there's a definite kind of the fasting is the smallest in my life. I really felt convicted about it. Jesus is encouraging us that we'll be blessed and rewarded if we do all those three things. And I thought, I need to do something about this and change this in my life. So we want to give you an opportunity as well. And there's no obligation whatsoever this morning. But if you want to, Clive and I and our whole leadership team would like to invite you to join us for a period of 40 days and fasting um, this coming uh, from this week. From tomorrow, we're going to be praying for breakthrough in our church and in our personal lives. And if you want to do that, you're going to need to do three things to join us. And there's no obligation. But the three things you'll need to do, and they all begin with peace so that you can remember them really easily. The first thing you're going to have to do is purpose. Purpose. Decide to fast and when you're going to do it. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would do without certain foods. He decided ahead of time. He determined. He resolved the issue. He made his mind up. If you just say, well, I'll try it and see how it goes. I know how it goes because I've said that before. It goes about two hours until you smell something really tasty coming from the coffee shop that you're walking past and decide that really you didn't mean to fast today anyway and it's a bad day to fast. Now, most fasts should probably be longer than two hours. (laughs) Listen, there's power in a made-up mind. If you purpose to do something before the Lord today, there is power in that and grace for it. Because there's always going to be a reason not to fast. There's always going to be a birthday, a work dinner, a wedding, or something like that. Now, if you genuinely need to make an exception, we have a wedding coming up. Make the exception, but don't let that stop you fasting the rest of the time. Purpose what you're going to do around that. And also have a purpose or a reason for your fast. What are you asking God for? What are you fasting for? And we'll uh, give you some more help with that in a moment. The second thing you're going to need to do is plan. So if you purpose to fast and decide to fast, then you've got to plan. That means decide how or what you're going to fast. Um, Now, I know there are some Uh, medical reasons why people can't fast. If you're diabetic, you shouldn't fast really without talking to your doctor. And if you're pregnant or feeding a baby, you shouldn't fast for a long period of time. But you know, you could go on a water-induced day isn't going to do any harm. Or you could decide to do without certain things in your diet that perhaps those choice foods that um, Daniel spoke of. So decide what you're going to do. And there are several ways that we would suggest that you might like to join us. You could decide that during that 40-day period, you'll have some days of fasting, maybe one a week during that 40 days, where you'll just drink liquid. And that would normally be water or fruit juices, and you wouldn't have milk or tea and coffee or liquidized pie and things like that, you know. <laughs> so you might think, well, I could... I could I've, whatever you decide, maybe do something you haven't done before. If you are totally new to fasting, maybe just... You will feel, I could fast a day a week and seek God on those days. You could do a fast like Paul did, where he just had three full days of fasting with just liquids to seek God. Esther did that as well. 
you could do like Daniel. Daniel, we call it a Daniel fast. You may have heard of that. And that means you don't eat certain foods during that fast period, either the 10 or the 21 days, whatever you purpose on. And we've got a list to help you see the sorts of things that Daniel didn't eat. And he didn't eat meats and fish and sweet things and things with yeast in or tea or coffee or alcohol or dairy and cheese and, and eggs and nice things like that. <laughs> How do I know this, you wonder? Anyway, he did eat lots of pulses and vegetables and fruit and whole grains and rices, and he felt very healthy. But listen, um, just another tip. If, if you do decide to do any of this fast, if you stop drinking tea and coffee and you stop eating sweet things, you very often do get a little bit of a headache for two or three days. But it passes, so don't give in. Um, Next thing, you might decide I want to do a partial fast. Maybe I'll miss one or two meals every day during the fast period. Maybe I'll just eat one evening meal uh, during that fast period. Or maybe I'll miss my evening meal and just have breakfast and lunch. There are lots of ways that you can fast. And you might decide to do some abstaining as well from the TV or the media or things like that so that you can give more time to God. But the important thing is to plan ahead of time and purpose what you're going to do if you want to succeed. And the final thing... The third thing is to promise. Now, you're not fasting to please us if you choose to join us. You're not fasting to please men. You're fasting before the Lord. So when you've decided to fast, make a promise to the Lord about what you're going to do. And then uh, he will help you with the grace to stick to that. And so uh, really, that's something we want to give you the opportunity to join us with join in with us today. We're talking about a period of 40 days of more, more of God's presence, more of God working in our life, more breakthrough, more answered prayer, more. So in order to do it, we're going to eat some less. <laughs> we're going to pray some more and eat some less. And we've got some opportunities where you can join in with other people to pray over this 40-day period if you want to. So again, there's no have to, but if you feel you want your axe head sharp again and you want to join me, then um, I'd really like to help you to do that. Do you want to help me, Clive, with this? What I've done, uh, we've got some little cards here, and on the card, it talks about your purpose, your plan, and your promise. And if you feel you want to join us in some way, any way at all, do you remember I said a couple of weeks ago, if it doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. And so something that's a little bit more than perhaps you've done already. Now, if you don't feel you can make an answer this morning, you can take this home and think about it. But if you do feel you can make a response this morning and you know God is challenging you and stirring you up, I'm going to invite you in a moment to bring those cards forward. I'm not going to collect them in. You're going to take it back again with you and put it in your Bible. But I want you to come forward and just bring it as though you're bringing it before the Lord and saying, yes, this is my promise to you. This is my plan. I have purposed in my heart. I want to give you this time. So while we're giving those cards out, I just want to read to you what Isaiah does say about fasting and while you're thinking about filling it in. And then we'll tell, Clive's going to tell you what we're going to be doing about prayer during this time. So here's what Isaiah says in 58 about the right kind of fasting. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? 
Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Do you want to hear God answer you and say, here I am? And be your rear guard protecting you, behind you, protecting your life. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Amen? Amen. Clive, do you want to help me? We'd like to encourage as many of you as possible to actually fill those in now. Now, I realize something has happened in our generations pens have gone out the window and you can't write with an iPhone 5 on a piece of card like this. So some old school people here who have truly been brought up well have their pens with them. I can see this wonderful uh, reflection of pen from one or two here. We'd like as many of you as possible to fill these forms in now so that before you go you've done some business with God. We're not going to look at them. We want this is between us and the Lord. And we're going to pray in a moment. We're going to ask you to come forward with your form to the front, just holding it so that you know that you've made uh, a kind of commitment before the Lord. Now, if you don't have a pen, we're trying to find some. We have some pens. Look at that. So you fast and pray and pens appear. It's, it's great. So if you need a pen, come and get one. Don't mind that. Do help yourself to a pen. Actually, can somebody take them around a bit so that they're... Could I ask somebody to hand them around? Is that okay, Jill? Take a pen. Somebody here wants one. Yeah, can we have a little bit of music on the background just to just go in this time? Or somebody to play, we don't mind. Doug's going to play for it, I think, so don't worry. Um, so we want to just give you a time to fill these in now so that when you take this away with you, you've already purposed something. Now you can add to it. Uh, we've got some more pens here as well. Then uh, we're going to get everybody forward to the front to pray. And then we're going to ask you to sit back down again because we've got some more things to give you, the schedule for the next six weeks or the next 40 days of more. So we want to give you a few pieces of information like that, a prayer list and a a schedule for when different prayer meetings are on so that we can roll this onto the back of this fasting as well. Because let's just take a minute or two to fill those in. Okay, so as we're filling those in, if you want to do business with God in all those different ways that Sally spoke about, I just want to encourage you when you filled your form in and put your name at the bottom or signed it and put the date on as like a promise before the Lord to bring that form forward and we'll seal something together here at the front 
uh, when, we've, when we're all here. So come forward when you're ready. Just wait here a moment or two till the rest come and then we'll pray together and do some business with God right now. Apparently there weren't enough forms, which is a good sign, so I think we're printing a few more off, so we'll get those through in a moment if you haven't got one. Father, we thank you now for the grace of fasting with prayer. We thank you that you've shown throughout spiritual history in your word that fasting gets our attention on you and remarkably gets your attention on us too. Father, we thank you that the Lord Jesus himself, our pattern and example, fasted and prayed and expects us to and said we would. Lord, we want to be great disciples of Jesus who can say, yes, when I give, when I fast, when I pray, Lord, thank you for this golden opportunity now to commit to you. Thank you. Father, I pray for a new grace to come on our lives in this area of fasting, Lord. I pray if it's been challenging before, Lord, would it be a joy now, Lord? I pray if it's always been something we've avoided, Lord, I pray we'd embrace it. Lord, I want to thank you that this is a fantastic opportunity, Lord, to come and respond to you, Lord. And we are so blown away by the fact that you meet us in this and that you see and you notice what we do. We thank you for that, Lord. And today, every one of us that's standing before you, Lord, or kneeling here at the front, we just say, we want to make this sacrifice for you, Lord, not to put on a gloomy face on the outside. But Lord, you see every moment of the day, whether we're able to pray or not, Lord, the fasting you see, it's a sacrifice that goes up before you and rises up before you. And and Lord, you're pleased with it. And I thank you that there is a reward as we fast. And Lord, we're not we're, we're not doing it, as we said, to twist your arm. We're doing it because we want to see the blessings that you intend in our lives, in our families, in those around us, in our church. Lord, in people that we meet, Lord, we want to be those who carry the blessing of God to others. And so, Lord, we're going to be seeking you. We're going to give ourselves to this. And I pray for everyone here a special grace and anointing for this 40-day period. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, there is a a vow on the bottom of this card. I'm going to invite you to say it with me together at this time. You know what you've promised on your card, so they'll all be a bit different, that's okay. It says at the bottom there, it starts off with the word Lord, so can we just say this out together before the Lord? Ready? Lord, I make a spiritual vow to you that I will faithfully fast and pray as I have purposed over the next 40 days. Amen. Thank you. Father, there is a power in that to 
make that commitment before the Lord. Thank you. Do you know, I believe the Lord receives that and is ready and waiting to meet us. You know, you can talk about meeting your friend at a railway station or a bus station or at their house, but God is waiting in the future to meet us. That as we go through this 40 days and we set that time aside to fast and get on your knees before him where otherwise we might have just been chilling out, God is waiting, waiting to meet us there. I really believe that as we put that on our lips, just felt the Holy Spirit impress that on me. God has set meeting times ahead in these next 40 days for us as we draw near to him with prayer and fasting. Father, thank you for this grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if I could ask you for one more thing, please. Um, in a moment, we're going to just give you two more pieces of paper. And uh, to do that, it'd probably be best if you're just sat quiet in your place. If I could ask you just to go back to your seats and wait, then uh, we'll just give you a couple more things to help you in this next 40 days. I'll show you what they are. Let me say something practical about fasting. Um, the first piece of paper we want to give you is a card like this, and it's printed on the front and back. And on the inside is a calendar for the next 40 days of when we're going to be having certain kinds of prayer meetings. And the feel of this is going to be sort of lots of smaller type meetings in homes. That's the basic feel behind it. So there'll be various opportunities to get together and pray here. When it comes to the actual fasting, on the back we've given you a summary of the different kinds of fasts you can do. So if you're still not sure, read that and you can find out there's a 24-hour fast with just liquid. There's a Paul-type fast for three days, a Daniel fast, a partial fast, or other sorts of fasts we've called it. I called it abstinences, but they've changed my writing because they don't like that old-fashioned word. I must be old-fashioned. Um, so abstinences is on there. And what we want to ask you to do is to uh, look through those and decide which kind of fasts you want to do. The days you do your fast on are up to you. So let's say you want to do a Daniel fast. You, that's a 21-day partial fast, eating just a special diet. And there's a, a diet sheet here to help you. So if you want that sort of sheet there to help you know what you can and can't eat there, down here at the front, you can help yourself to one on the way out. You don't have to do a Daniel fast for 42 days. You can choose any 21-day period within the six weeks and do it then when it will most work for you. Likewise, if you're doing one-day fast, you can fast any day of the week you like. But if you're not sure, we've suggested Thursday as a day we could fast on at the same time together. So if you don't, just don't know which day to fast, go for Thursday. It's written on here. It's one of the days I do, but I encourage you to, uh, to do it together if we want to. That will give you a sort of regularity and a discipline about it so that you know. Um, we've also suggested that if you've never done it before, there is a three-day Paul fast day on a suggested weekend here. Why not have a go at that? And when others are doing it, it's kind of helpful because when you go around their house, they shouldn't be offering you cream cakes and cups of coffee with marshmallow and chocolate and all the rest of it that you have. They might say, would you like a glass of water because we're doing a Paul fast or maybe even stretch a glass of orange juice. So at least your friend should help you if you're all doing it at the same time. And you can go to Costa and buy a bottle of water each. <laughs> that's real fasting, isn't it? So um, that's all in here. So we're going to give you one of those out now. Secondly, 
we're going to give you a piece of paper like this. This is a prayer list. Now, you've noticed this is all on card because it's got to last six weeks in your Bibles. That's a challenge. So on the back of this are a load of scriptures about praying from the book of Acts. We encourage you to read them and be encouraged by the praying and fasting they did. And on the front is a little prayer list. And I just want to explain a couple of things about that. First of all, there's a personal section. It starts by telling you what the overall direction is. The real reason for this 40 days of more is summed up in one word, breakthrough. Breakthrough in ourselves, breakthrough in the church. Breakthrough in the city, breakthrough in the nation, breakthrough at every label. We want to break through. We want to see God do more in us and through us than he's ever done before. We want to be more on fire for him, more faithful and consistent with his call and his ways in our lives than ever before. So breakthrough is the key. It's what we're fasting for. And underneath, there's a box there for something personal. Um, We've said... um, Between now and Christmas, there's a great opportunity still to redeem the year and make a breakthrough in one thing personally. If you want to lose 10 pounds or really get your quiet times going well, that's a bit more spiritual, isn't it? Mind you, if you do all this fasting, you'll lose the 10 pounds as well. But, um, you know, a personal breakthrough in the Lord there, write it in that box, then don't show your prayer list around if it's very personal. Do put your name on it, though, so we can return your prayer list to you. All right? So if you lose it, we'll return it, but we won't read it. Promise. Um, So name at the top, then what you want a personal breakthrough in. And then there's some other things on there in terms of personal growth that you could grow in one year what would normally take you 10 to do in the Lord. That'd be great, wouldn't it? You can be healing the sick and walking on water and raising the dead by this time next year rather than waiting 10 years for it. That's really good. And leading multitudes. Then there's cell growth. All your cell leaders have committed to cell growth. And they'll tell you what their target is. And you can join in with them on that. There's a little... Like gingerbread man drawn there, you can put the number of people. I gave little cardboard figures for your cell leaders the other week. And they can tell you how many they've picked up in the Lord's name and in yours and how much work you've got to do. And you can fill that in there from your cell leader and pray that by the beginning of the year, that number will come into your cell. I lay hands on your cell leader's reports every uh, week and every day I get them so that I can pray for these numbers and pray for the growth and pray for what you're praying for here as well. And then there's some events at the bottom to pray for, like the men's encounter and the roof offering and so on. So hopefully that'll be a good prayer list for us to really work to. Don't just stick to that, but start with it and branch out from there. But that's a really good beginning. So if I can again ask some of our helpers to give out uh, the prayer lists and the, um, the calendars. If anybody didn't get a fasting um, card, there are some more just here. We'll give those out as well. Boy, you are being blessed with lots of printing today, aren't you? There we go. I just want to say I'm so moved and excited by all of this that although we're going away for two weeks, we're still carrying on. So I'm going to be getting the cell leaders' reports sent through to me in summary form while I'm away and still praying for you. Yes, cell leaders, that's really going to happen. And um, I'm going to be continuing to fast and pray on my set days of the week. And... I'm going to be calling out to God on all our behalf, on your behalf, on your cell leader's behalf, for us and for you. Because it really matters to me to keep this going while I'm away. So although we're going to be away in distance, we're going to be near in spirit. And we just want you to know that, that we're really committed to this and joining in with you in every way. So if you have any questions about what kind of fast to do and when to do it, if you're not sure, 
um, then talk to your cell leader or come and talk to us quickly at the end of the meeting, but probably your cell leader is probably better, and just clarify what some of these things are about. Sorry? There's a calendar on, in your 40 days of more little double sheet when you get it. And it shows you some opportunities to join together with other people to pray if you want to. And what it says is the person's surname and then their postcode. So if you don't know who those people are or where their actual addresses are, for instance, there's Steve Foreman's house. One says the boys. I mean, that could be anywhere, couldn't it? The boys. I think it means Owen's household. So if you're not sure where those are and you want to pray, they look to me like they're mostly in Fenham with the Bowies over in Kingston Park for the first um, three weeks of this praying. And so if you uh, don't know where those people live, please ask your cell leaders or us or phone the office if you want to be there and join in. We're going to put, we'll put the full names and addresses on the website. This was just so that we could have something that was printable and readable without going down to that tiny font that you need a magnifying glass for. So that's why. So keep an eye on the website and all the full names and addresses of houses and so on will be up there soon. Now, before we finish, we're just going to finish with prayer in a moment. Before we do, I just want to give you a little testimony to encourage us all in this. Thank you for taking all that. Thank you for your response. And thank you for your hearts to join in with this. Now, can I just tell you a little test I was told a few years ago, and I'm going to pass it on to you, and you can see if this works. Where would you rather be right now? Now, if you'd rather be somewhere else, watch out. There's a problem. And I sometimes ask myself that when I'm in church and when I'm in other things as well, and especially when I'm in prayer. Because if I'm praying and I want to be somewhere else, I haven't really caught the spirit of what this is about. So if you're dreaming of being on a beach in Hawaii right now, I'm just going to pray for you in a moment. Um, Somebody's saying Miami, there's a great storm there, it's about 20 foot waves, so perhaps I'm not going to dream of that. Now do you know what? Sally and I have already started this praying before, um, before we've started the weeks, as it were. We're already on this track before we've even announced this to you. And during this time, as I've been praying, I've found myself several times being so touched by the presence of God, thinking to myself, God, I don't want to be anywhere else than right here. In fact, I want to be here so much, I don't want this moment to end. Isn't that what Peter said on the Mount of Transfiguration? God, this is so good, I could cancel all my appointments right now and just stay the day here. And that's what will happen to us as we seek God more. And it happened to me again this morning. I was just got up to pray, got up to pray for all of the cells and go through all the cell reports and lay hands on all those numbers and all the things they've reaching out to God for and I got about two or three people in and the joy of the Lord came upon me in such a way I could hardly pray 
I was so touched by the presence of God. I was so glad to be where I was. I thought, God, I just don't want to be anywhere else. This is brilliant. You are so near. The sense of your joy in my life, the sense of your certainty and promise about certain things is so great. I just want to get up from here and jump up and down and start shouting. But then they think I was crazy in the house when I would do that anyway. But you understand, when we give ourselves to prayer like this, God turns up. And when he does, amazing things happen in our lives. And that's one of the blessings we're looking forward to, that God's joy would be in us through the Holy Spirit. And that would be a strength to us, as the Bible puts it. So can we stand? And I'm going to ask us to look forward to that joy. Not the cost of all of this, because there is some cost in the first instance. But there's a tremendous reward afterwards. And that reward is the presence of the living God. is to feel the sense of God's touch on our life in such a way that we don't want to rush away. We don't want to be anywhere else. And I know God wants to meet every single one of us in this way, in his way. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just raise our hand before the Lord and sort of, again, offer that sense of surrender where we started. Lord, today we surrender to you. God, we know there is more that we could uh, have in you. Lord, we know there's a greater walk we could have with you. And Lord, in spite of all the stuff in our lives, we know we want that. And Lord, I want to pray for us now, and we want to pray for ourselves now, that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. That as we seek your face earnestly in prayer, as we do go without in one area, we will end up so much richer in other areas. Thank you, Lord. Fasting and prayer brings the breakthrough. It brings the release. It brings that joy. It brings that sense of being with you. And Lord, we just want to say we're looking forward to really good meetings with you. And actually, I just want to say to you, as I said that, I felt God say to me, and I'm looking forward to meetings with you. How about that? God is looking forward to meetings with us. God already sees us kneeling down beside our bed or beside the, the chair at home and getting aside with him. God sees that in advance and he's looking forward already to being near to us. Father, we thank you, love us this much, that you want us to draw near to you. And Lord, we just look forward to these next six weeks with joy and anticipation and strength. We look forward to it with a sense of breakthrough and of faith that you're going to do great things in us and through us. So, Lord, we just give you ourselves. We give you the rest of this day. We give you this 40 days of seeking you. And, Lord, we say it's a pleasure and a privilege to be able to respond like this in the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a great clap offering and thank him. Thank you, you're good to us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Andy?